Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. That's new, and I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. Hello. We both have mouthfuls of titles now. <laughs> Just gets more, more. The longer you work here, the more words they add. <laughs> Titles in 2023. It's just, it's funny. All right. Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Carol G makes history atop the Billboard 200 Albums chart scoring not only her first number one album, but the first number one all-Spanish-language album by a woman. Plus, on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, the weekend's six-year-old song, Die For You, jumps to number one thanks to a new remix with Ariana Grande. It's the second time the two acts have teamed up for a remix-fueled number one following 2021's Save Your Tears and... It's the fourth time in total Ariana has topped the chart with a collaboration. Clearly, when you sprinkle some Ariana on your track, you can often get some magical results. Ariana Pixie Dust. Plus, the Academy Awards are this Sunday. Will Rihanna become a first-time Oscar winner? Could Lady Gaga take home her second win or maybe perform? Who maybe. knows? Mm-hmm. Will Austin Butler win Best Actor for playing the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley? And what are we going to be watching out for during the show? Oh, and by the way, Keith, I'll be at the Oscars. Katie is going to the Blinken <laughs> Academy Awards, which I did not know about till last night. <laughs> so Amazing. we'll talk about that, too. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. I want to say uh, we'll get to Oscar chat in a second. Yes. But, you know... Oftentimes, we may seem very blasé about going to concerts or music award shows. Do we? I'm not. Well, <laughs> maybe we seem that way. Right, from the outside looking in. The way we talk casually it's, about, it's like, like, oh, oh that was that time we went to the BBMAs. Oh, yeah, or, oh, we're covering the press room this year, <laughs> blah, 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 because it's something familiar that we've been to before. I've never been to the Oscars in any capacity. I have been in the press room for the Oscars when I worked at Entertainment Weekly, but I have never been inside the theater. Wait, you're going to be inside the theater? Yes. (gasps) I didn't know that. I just thought you were going to be in the press room. I have like a ticket, Keith. Oh, shut the front door. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, now this is, that was the, that's a, that's a ultra tease. We're going to ramble about some chart junk now, and then we'll get to the real juicy stuff. Let's talk about charts, I guess. Charts, smarts. All right. Well, we will talk about charts. Then we'll get to the hot, sexy stuff involving Katie in going to be in a glamorous gown of some sort. Oh, my God. All right, all right, all right. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, Carol G's Mañana Será Bonito makes an unprecedented splash on the Billboard 200 albums chart as the set debuts atop the tally. It's both the first number one for the artist and the chart's first number one all-Spanish-language album by a female artist. Previously, only two all-Spanish albums have led the list, and both were by Bad Bunny. He had Un Verano Senti in 2022 and El Ultimo Tour del Mundo in 2020. Mañana is effectively an all-Spanish language effort, save for a handful of English 
possibly patois lyrics by guest artist Sean Paul on one track. But for our purposes, we're just going to say it's all Spanish. Yeah. Uh, Manana earned 94,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending March 2nd, according to Luminate. Its starting sum was largely powered by streaming activity. Manana is also the first Latin album by a woman to reach number one on the Billboard 200 since 1995. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Right. Now we say a Latin album, meaning an album that was uh, charted on our top Latin albums chart or was eligible to chart on. It's basically in a Latin genre. Uh, it, you say, right? It basically needs to be more than half Spanish, okay. effectively. Okay. I mean, there's a couple other sort of rules. quibbly rules, but for the most part, you have to be more than half Spanish. Um, so the last album, the last Latin album by a woman to reach number one on the Billboard 200 before this week was in 1995, and that was Selena's posthumously released. Posthumously. Posthumously. Some syllables there. Posthumously released mostly Spanish effort, Dreaming of You. Uh, it spent one week at number one when it debuted atop the list. Uh, the 13-song Dreaming of You album has six tracks in Spanish, five in English, and then they had two duets that blended English and Spanish. Uh, only three mostly non-English language albums by women have ever reached number one on the Billboard 200. When I say mostly, that means more than half. Uh, there was the all-Spanish manana this week, Dreaming of You. And then, of course... The Singing Nuns, all-French self-titled album I'm never going to forget that now. That's such good trivia. Um, I just want to say, we just had our Billboard Women in Music event last week. And the Singing Nun was there. No, the Singing Nun was not there. But last year, Carol G was honored at our Billboard Women in Music event. And I was in that room, and that crowd was so loud for her. Every person who had bought a ticket, a, every fan, I should say, who bought a ticket to be in the YouTube theater was for Carol G. Hmm. So this woman has clearly been on this trajectory because, as we said last week, she never even had a top 10 album on the Billboard 200 before nope. this one. So we're talking about, like, just skyrocket to the top yeah. for her. Um, and do we think that she could possibly have a, another week at number one? Not Keith? if Morgan Wallen has anything to oh, say yeah. about it. Let, yeah, no. That's not going to happen. Uh, his, new, <laughs> his new album, uh, One Thing at a Time, is on track to debut atop the list next week. In the album's first three days, which I reported out on Billboard on Monday night, uh, the album already earned more than 280,000 equivalent album units uh, just in its first three days, with more than 240 million on-demand <laughs> official streams for its whopping 36 songs. Uh, that is already the biggest week of the year for an album after only three days. I think the question now is less about will Morgan be number one, but how long will Morgan be number one? Right. Sorry to Miley Cyrus. You know, but then again, you never know. We had this long debate last week. We could actually be surprised. Maybe Morgan will have a big uh, drop in his second week, and maybe Miley has a lot of uh, tricks up her sleeve. We shall see. That's the fun stuff. That's the fun thing about these charts. She did announce a music video coming on Friday, so th she's definitely pulling out all the stops when she releases the album. A music video for another single? Rivers is the name of the song. So is that the new single? Or it's just I the new video? At least the new video. What do they call them? Focus tracks? Oh, right. I mean, it's I don't know to, if she's moving on from flowers just yet. It's a way to dance around. Don't call it a single. <laughs> um, all right. Well, next up over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, The weekend and Ariana Grande's Die For You bounds from number six to number one after Grande joined for its new remix that was released on February 24th. 
The song reigns after it was originally released on the weekend's album Starboy in 2016, before it was revived in recent months, thanks in part to interaction on TikTok, which helped spark new promotion to radio and streaming services. The team up marks each artist's seventh number one on the Hot 100, and they're second together. That's actually surprising that they have the same number. Obviously, they're not all Aurian Weekend collabs, no, but just, like just yeah, two of them. Parallel careers. Uh, it's their second together after Save Your Tears hit number one in 2021 for two weeks. Also, after Ariana was added onto a remixed version of the song, it's the fourth time Ariana has reached number one through a collaboration. In addition to her two number ones with The Weeknd, she also topped the list with Justin Bieber in 2020 for Stuck With You, which was that sort of COVID, early COVID-era charity single. Yes. Uh, and Lady Gaga that same year, a few months later, with Rain On, on Me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song so much. Um, Ari's three number ones without any help from anyone are Thank You, Next, Seven Rings, and Positions. Some numbers for you. Die For You earned 81.1 million radio airplay audience impressions, which was up less than 1%, and 32.4 million streams in the U.S. That was up 181% and sold 14,000 downloads, up 1,170%, all in the week ending March 2nd, again, according to Luminate. The latter two figures were boosted heavily by the new remix with Ariana. Uh, fun fact for you, Katie. Yes. Of Ariana's 72 Hot 100 hits, nearly half of them, 32, are collaborations. Mm. In fact, a little over half of her top 10 charting hits are collabs. 10 of her 19 top 10s are songs that she did with someone else. And we've obviously seen this, like in general in pop music, things being more collaborative, but particularly that is... uh, known for hip-hop artists. We've got rappers typically serving features to songs. Uh, Ariana, however, is basically just like the pop star equivalent of a rapper at this point. I guess, yeah. Yeah, because, like, this is not normal. Like, they're like a, I don't know, just the way she gets put onto a remix and it goes to number one, um, it's pretty... Nice work if you can get it. Nice work if you can get it. And obviously, the combination of Ariana and The Weeknd has proven successful in the past. I have to say, with the Save Your Tears remix, I'm, like, annoyed when the radio plays the original now because... I love the remix version so much and like Ari brought so much to it that I attempt to like sing her parts when I'm like listening to that on the radio. So I don't know if the Die For You remix will become as essential as that Save Your Tears remix was to me, but um, it obviously gave it the boost it needed to get to number one. So why does the Die For You remix exist? Aside from the fact that Save For You was such a big success, it's like, oh, let's go back to that well. I feel like it exists because Ariana Grande wanted it to, because Ari doesn't do something that she doesn't want to do. And she's also quite busy right now. She's currently filming the Wicked movies, Mm -hmm. plural. And uh, they posted, The weekend and uh, Ariana posted, you know, her in the studio straight up, like, recording and editing her own vocals. She's over here on Pro Tools like shifting everything around, I think she decided that she'd like to do a remix and Abel didn't say no is what happened there. I wonder how much money she gets from this. I mean, yeah, I don't know how that works. 
I know. I, you, I'm not asking you. No, but I'm just, I, I'm I just know, wondering. I it's say like, what, oh, now do you get like because you changed a couple of lyrics? Do you now get a publishing? Do you get I, like I just I realize it's all about oh it's just the love. There's like two good <laughs> artist friends who love. I'm like oh come on like financial windfall. I Yo, mean, I mean, and I I think that uh, you know the weekend is an artist who clearly cares about and enjoys our charts as well, and so well, he wanted this number one, yeah, and he they, knew they it needed a push. Yes, they they both do, and you know I can't. It, I, it doesn't escape me that someone probably said, you know, it worked last time. Maybe you can get a number one out I'm of this. I'm sure that the word remix was brought up and the first call is Ari, right? And it's like, can you? And then she decides whether she can or wants to, right? Would anyone else would have worked on this aside from Ariana Grande? Given it that big of a push, I don't know. Because obviously The Weeknd has a lot of other people that he works with regularly. And he's currently charting with... Uh, that creepin' song with like Twenty One Savage and all them. Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin. Is that? Am I mixing up my people? We might be mixing up. People. Okay, here I'm gonna <laughs> double check that. But um, uh, you know, clearly he has you know chart power with other people. But that song hasn't been number one yet. And you know that I don't know. Maybe he'll throw Ariana Grande a remix of that too. And it is Metro Boomin' the weekend and Twenty One Savage. But like, would it, would another woman have had the same sort of like interest and cachet? As Ariana Grande coming in to sort of melodically sing with the weekend. I don't think so. I don't I think the song Mariah Carey waltzes in. Uh, okay, that's interesting. But I do think that a lot of the juice here has to do with a combination of things. The popularity of Ariana Grande, the history of the two of them working together. You know, the other thing about both of these remixes is that Save Your Tears and um, Die for You is that they change the song up more so than just, like, somebody coming in and singing the second verse, you know? Like, Ariana actually adds a lot to a song that um, is beyond just giving, you know, 16 bars to Abel, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm I'm talking about, like, I know them. I keep calling him Abel. Abel. I think that's Haran's doing, our coworker. Literally, I've never said the word Abel. (laughs) You know, I interviewed... Lana Del Rey on a red carpet uh, for Billboard, no, yeah, Billboard Power 100 a million years ago, eight, nine years ago. And mm-hmm. she she just, like, quietly was talking about her friend Abel. <laughs> like, and that was, I think, the first time I'd heard somebody just, like, calling him Abel, like, oh, his name's Abel. That's what his friends call him. Okay. Mm. Anyway. He, he's also been in the news lately. That's true. With, with his not controversial film, uh, TV series. <laughs> TV show, yeah. The, the Idol, is that what it's called? It's called Idol. It's going to be on HBO. <sighs> it's made by the same creator as Euphoria, and there uh, was well, already, a— Already, that should tell you something. I mean, there was a Rolling Stone report last week about uh, the set being toxic, being uh, sexually, like, you know, uncomfortable, etc., um, that they've done a lot of things to the script that maybe changed the whole premise of the show, etc. This is what the report said. Mm-hmm. And Abel's response was, here I go with Abel again. Abel. The weekend's response was he posted an Instagram video of a scene that has yet to be released from this show because nobody's seen anything from this show yet. Right. Uh, th- that makes fun of Rolling Stone. Right. Talks about them being out of touch and, and not relevant which anymore. Kind of, which kind of feels like that's kind of missing the whole point of the story. Correct. Yeah, that's, people were like, uh, so you're going to address like the abuse allegations or just going to make a make light of it? Yeah. We shall see. <laughs> um, also, uh, uh, we had many other notes about Ariana, by the way. Um, like, this is the first time I think that she's released any new music since the end of 2021. Is that right? Well, I think it's right. That's when she had 
She had it was a mass Christmas. Oh wow, with, with Jimmy, Jimmy and Megan Thee Stallion, Jimmy Fallon, and then she had a Kid Cudi collaboration. Just look up from the movie. Don't look up. Wow, I don't think she put out anything new last year. That's shocking with how prolific she can be when she's turned on music well, mode. Like she had those two albums, like basically almost back to back. So she's just months. fully been like Wicked prep mode, and then now Wicked production mode. I guess. I mean, someone will, I'm sure, correct me if I'm wrong. So I mean, that's part of the reason why it's also exciting just to hear Ariana on anything new. 100. Even if it's an old song. Well, the Wicked director actually <clears throat> posted uh, an Instagram story like proof that I'm not keeping Ariana Grande in a cage where she can't make music anymore or something because I think the fans have given him a hard time about like you know keeping her from the studio basically but right yeah um, all right <laughs> um, all right who hasn't Ariana collaborated with that we would like Ooh. to see I will suggest please Madonna <laughs> no well okay so they sort of technically have worked together when the God is a Woman music video came out. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, in the video, you hear a voice uh, that is, you know, allegedly God, and that's Madonna. Mm-hmm. But Madonna wasn't in the video, and she wasn't on the single. She wasn't on the album. So it's like, mm, that doesn't really count. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if their voices would necessarily work together, but I think— because Ariana is such a big Madonna fan, mm-hmm. I think it could be really cool. And I would I would love nothing more than like, God, I have some wild fantasy album <laughs> from Madonna where I'm like, she has both a duet with like Lady Gaga because now they've like sort of made amends and they mm. get along now, which that would be like the dream. And then something with like Ariana Grande on it. Were, are you thinking all new music for Gaga and Madonna? Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like I, w- I want a new studio album from Madonna where it's like she has. What if they work with all like the classic producers? Like what if they. I don't even need that. I might. I just I, <laughs> I just I just think um, sort of putting my uh, sorry if there's sounds bleeding into our show because I can hear. We're fine. Sounds coming from outside. <laughs> I just, you know, if I, if I put my sort of uh, if, if I were an executive at like, you know, Team Madonna. I would think, you know, you know, maybe it would be cool if we had uh, music on a new album that was collaborations with kind of um, a different generation of stars, mm. much in the same way where she worked with Justin Timberlake and Timbaland on Four Minutes, and that maybe kind of introduced her to people that didn't know Madonna's work as well, aside from just knowing that she existed. Sure. Um, and I think also it would be, like, very fitting because it's like, oh, like— Think of the history between Gaga and Madonna. Now they get along well, and like Ariana loves Madonna. I'm like, it wouldn't be like Madonna trying to shoehorn herself into a situation with someone that seems weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but I think that would be cool. I also think um, Barbara Streisand would be amazing because Ariana and Barbara sing live together at a one-off when she showed up to do uh, No More Tears, Enough Is Enough live on stage with Barbara mm. at a concert. But they've never done anything properly on record. And I think Ariana would support both of your ideas. I feel like I would like to see Ari on one of the upcoming From the Vault tracks from Taylor Swift. That's what, what I'd like. <laughs> you don't want that? No, that'd be fine. It I would get- need to be like 1989. It would need to be like her poppiest stuff and put mm. put Ari's voice on on something like, you know, 
I, I can't think of a good example because it's going to be a deluxe track or, you know, um, actually the one of the most famous deluxe track from 1989 is New Romantics. So I mm. can totally see, like, bring Ari in, kind of like she brought in Chris Stapleton on Red, Phoebe Bridgers. Like, she's brought in Keith Urban came in on um, one of the Fearless tracks. Like, she's brought in people to, like, kind of juice up these uh, these from the vault tracks. I also thought of uh, just because of sort of the tone or I mean, obviously, Ariana can kind of sing anything. But I I, I thought like maybe her voice would be interesting with, say, Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. And I also thought like, God, it would be fun to hear just two great voices like Beyonce and Ariana together. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that will probably literally never happen. I mean, it c- the thing is with Ari, it could like she truly is like <clears throat> a collaborator. And I think the best example of that would probably be the Christmas song she did with Mariah Carey and Jennifer Hudson. Oh, Santa. Yes, they did the so good. The remix version of Oh, Santa. And I think that, you know, there was always talk at the beginning of Ari's career, like that she was kind of a baby Mariah. Right. And I think there was always a little resentment from Ari's side that like, no, I'm my own artist, which she's truly proven. Mm-hmm. And a little resentment from Mariah's side like who's coming in to replace me kind of thing like there was this sort of chatter maybe it was just fan driven but then they did this song together and they did crazy vocal runs together and it's like I think Ariana if the moment is right will truly work with most anyone especially these legends that she grew up listening to I think you have to be you have to have arrived at your own kind of comfort net yes. comfortable comfort level. She might not have done that, like, you know, no. first album. Remi- yeah. That immediately reminded me of, because I'm old, it reminded me of how uh, for the longest time, you know, Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson were, you know, on the charts together separately, never working together, even though they worked together as, as young people, you know, back on like TV shows and stuff in the 70s. But they never did a song together mm-hmm. properly um, until Scream in 1995, when at that point, Janet was the, the, what, like the biggest. An undeniable undeniably pop star in her own right. Humongous pop superstar force. Yes. It's like no one would have ever said, oh, Janet is sort of glomming onto Michael. No. Or it was at that point they were like equals. Yes, totally. Um, and I think that's, you know, when you think of it now, it's like Ariana is an enormous superstar. Also, imagine, imagine, since we're going to talk about Oscars, imagine <laughs> when Wicked comes out, mm. Ariana could be somehow in the mix of the Oscars somehow. Oh, 100%. I, I think she is a songwriter, so I think that if she is not involved in working on whatever original song they're crafting for the movies, that would be a crime. Or maybe an acting category as well, like Gaga. It's just going to be with... like Gaga and, and A Star is Born. It's just going to be like that. Amazing. <laughs> Should All we right. talk about the Oscars? Speaking then? of the Oscars. They're this Sunday, <clears throat> and uh, we, of course, know that Rihanna is performing her nominated song from Black Panther, uh, Lift Me Up. We know that uh, actually I've got my like little full list of performers here. We know that Sophia Carson and Diane, Diane Warren. Warren are performing applause from Tell It Like a Woman. We know that David Byrne, Sun Lux, and supporting actress nominee Stephanie Sue oh. are performing This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. We know that please apologize I'm apologizing right now for the pronunciation, but Rahul Sipli Gunj and Kayela, I'm not even going to try, Kayela, they're going to perform Natu Natu from RRR, which of course won the Golden Globe for Best Original Song, so it's a real favorite going into Sunday. That's four out of the five. Yeah, there's one I haven't mentioned yet, Keith. 
Who? Uh, Lady Gaga's uh, Hold My Hand is the final nominee, but we have yet to hear whether she's performing on Sunday. I'm really hoping she is. Because um, she's filming the Folly Adieu. Is that she what is, she's filming? She's filming Folly Adieu, which is the sequel to Joker uh, with um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. She's, a, she's allegedly playing uh, Harley Quinn, though that has not been confirmed yet. Um, it's all very mysterious. Huh. Yeah. But wasn't there already a Harley Quinn? Yeah, that Margot the Robbie, just, that's a different, you know. That's a different universe? Well, it's Jared Leto's Joker in that, oh, too. Oh, God, it's so confusing. <laughs> it's complicated. I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with the DC universe. <laughs> Ask me about Marvel, and I'm mostly— I'm unfamiliar with both, but okay. I can tell you that much. Well, you know, when when they film these movies, and they know that the Oscars are happening, usually most— you got to block the, that the out. The studios always block these things out. So do you think we're going to get, like, a surprise last minute? Actually, by the time they people hear this podcast, is she going to be announced? Is that I'm, what you're I'm, saying? I'm going to say yeah. They were holding that till the end, I think. Okay. Well, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, I will be there. So I'm getting to see the second Rihanna concert, you know, in five, like performance, I should say. In the past five years, she hasn't performed at all. And now we got Super Bowl halftime and Lift Me Up at the Oscars. Yeah, but you're going to be actually at the Oscars. I know. It's crazy, Keith. Do you have a ticket? (laughs) Do you know where you're sitting? Um, uh, no, I'm actually, I'm receiving it today, so I will and you're not tell like a, you soon. you're not a seat filler. You have a dedicated seat. I have a dedicated seat. Wow. It's through Billboard. I will be working press. I am going to be writing sort of a what you didn't see on TV behind the scenes thing. Um, Can you take your cell phone in there? I th- Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've as far d- as I know, only, I'm, only just because our friends over at THR, the Hollywood. I was going to say, I've got to go talk capture. to Chris, Chris Gardner at THR and get all the tips of how like, to do anything. Because like <laughs> like, I follow Chris Gardner and Scott Feinberg, and they will often post video like that one video that I think it was Chris or Scott that posted of after the when they went to commercial when Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga performed Shallow mm. and they came back into the audience and everyone gave them a standing ovation during the commercial oh, break. See, that's the exact kind like of moment I'm looking for. Things you would not know and he, they had video of that. So yeah. I'm like, oh, you're probably fine. You just can't, you have to be judicious about yeah, when you're filming. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited about that uh, and getting to see Rihanna perform. Oh my God, what are you wearing? I've, I have a gown I'm wearing. Oh, gown. Do you know if you get to like, do you get to walk in the, like sort of the bypass red carpet in the front? I actually don't know any of that yet. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's a lot that I'm still, a lot Waiting of information, information I'm receiving. And maybe it's um, good that we don't share that with people. That's probably true. But I don't, I actually have no idea about the red carpet period. Like I'm not credentialed for the red carpet. Yeah. But I mean, to get into the venue, usually there's usually like, I would imagine if it's like the Grammy Awards, mm-hmm. there's a couple different ways you can get in depending on what your Ticket lets your you access do. is, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, ooh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> I mean, if you're pressed, then maybe you do get to walk the bypass and at least get to see glimpses of the carpet. As you yeah, walk by. I do not know. This is all very new. It's very I, exciting. yeah, like I said, I did the press room one time when I worked at EW, which was incredible. It was the year that um, 12 Years a Slave won, and so Brad Pitt was the producer of that. So he came back and talked to us. Jared Leto won for Dallas Buyers Club that year. He came back and talked to us. It was that was wild. I probably have you have better access in the press room, really, than sitting in that big old theater with thousands of other people. But I'm still very excited to be in that theater. The theater, to be honest, really isn't that. Big. Right. It's like, the uh, the Kodak. It's still called Kodak. No, it's Dolby. The Dolby. Dolby Theater now. It's the Dolby Theater at something. It's like now a name of the 
building. Oh, like Holly or uh, Hollywood but, Highlands. Yeah, I don't think it's called think, Hollywood Highland anymore. Oh gosh, it's called something else. Okay, so just to get to the uh, awards of it all. Oh right. We just ne- mentioned all the nominees for best original song. We, you know, we we don't have a predictions piece up on Billboard.com, but Keith, like, do you have any thoughts about who could go it, away with this? It feels like that song from RR has a lot of RRR. Momen- oh, RRR. Triple R. Sorry. <laughs> it feels like that song has a lot of momentum behind mm. it, and like maybe there's there's a way where sort of like the kind of like the pop superstars in Gaga and Rihanna maybe like split the vote. Yeah. Um, and the people that are really passionate about the RRR song end up pulling through. I think there's also a reasonable path that the song, the David Byrne song, um, yeah. can pull through because I think uh, – Everything, everywhere, all at once. Isn't that like the most nominated film or the second most nominated? Yes, and it's also killing it at every other award right. show in so every like, category. There could just be a momentum where people are like, "Yep, I'm just going to vote everything." Well, and David Byrne. I mean, there's you know, right. he's no he slash. might not be a pop star, but he's a like super well respected, recognized name. So people will pause at that. The, you're right, the movie and the name together. Or uh, David Byrne, RRR, Gaga, and Rihanna all split the vote, and Diane Warren wins her first. Oscar. Oh my God, Keith! Well, her first non-honorary Oscar, her can first we, competitive Oscar. Can we have her on the pop shop if she wins her first well, at Oscar? At that point, she'll be like, "I don't want to talk." to <laughs> I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I mean, she is a friend of the podcast. Oscar. I know, I know. So is Gaga, by the way. I know. Well, I know. I interviewed her. <laughs> I don't think Gaga even knows that she's uh, on the podcast, but she was. Um, let's do a quick rundown of best original score as well. Um, nominated are "All Quiet on the Western Front," "Babylon," "The Banshees of Inisherin." Everything, everywhere, all at once, and the Fablemans. What? Okay, so, so all quiet in the Western Front. Yes. Babylon. What were the other the ones? The Banshees of Inisherin. Everything, everywhere, all at once, and the Fablemans. So the only one that is in both song and score. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That tells you something about the support that it has from the music branch of the Academy, but nah, I don't know if that will necessarily cross over in terms of. Well, and that's an interesting one. Uh, Paul wrote about this. Uh, it's a band that's nominated for that score. Sun Lux is a band, oh. and they did the score. Oh, that's interesting. Uh huh. And then, but Paul, our awards editor, did give us his one bold prediction for mm. the night, which is that All Quiet on the Western Front, the score from Volker Bertelman. He thinks that'll win. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, also up for, notably, uh, best actor Austin Butler is playing Elvis Presley mm-hmm. in the movie Elvis. Um, he may win um, and would be a, a, another in a long line of people who have played musicians um, you know, on the big screen that went on to win an Academy Award. Renee Zellweger played Judy Garland, mm-hmm. you know, for example. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Um, other things that I'm, you know, interested in seeing, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is nominated for her first Academy Award ever for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, you know, she may win for Best Supporting Actress, but there's a lot of chatter that maybe Angela Bassett, who is only nominated for her second Oscar ever this year, also for Best Supporting Actress in Wakanda Forever, she may win. Um, her previous nomination was for Best Actress, playing Tina Turner in What's oh, Love Got to Do With It. Oh, look at that full circle moment. So going, again, music, music, and the movies and the Oscars all kind of go hand in hand. Going back to actor, real quick, um, Austin Butler won the Golden Globe mm. for playing Elvis, but he but didn't win the Screen Actors Guild. He did not win the SAG Award. Brendan Fraser won it for The Whale. Mm. So that's an interesting thing going into. Obviously, that's not affecting the voting. It's just a matter of like a lot of the same people are are voting in these um, fields. So you wonder whether 
I don't know. Yeah, you wonder how much of the Screen Actors Guild are also members of the Academy. Yeah. And because the Academy has really kind of increased and it's done a lot of outreach in the past like five years to increase its membership and have it become more diverse, how will that factor into the Oscars? I mean, a few years ago, everyone thought that um, Chadwick Boseman was going to win for Best Actor. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much so that they saved that award as the last award of Mm -hmm. the night and then Anthony Hopkins won. Mm -hmm. So just because you think... Something may shake out the one way, it won't. I think the Oscars like... Remember the Grammy Awards, everybody? Uh, I think the Oscars like to differentiate themselves from the other big movie award shows, too. And so there's often some some shakeups in those top categories. So Who do do we think, uh, just uh, completely throwing you a left turn, who Mm -hmm. do we think is going to open the show? Because Beyonce opened the show a year ago performing her... I loved that performance. From the movie King Richard. Everybody wearing tennis ball yellow and, oh, such a good performance. So, like, you know, you have... I mean, it could just be Rihanna. You could, man, if the Oscars could say they had Beyonce open one year and Rihanna open the next, like, the Grammys wish they could say that, you know? Like, that's a boon. I think, yeah, I mean, I think when you have, depending on how you play it and how, what they're going for, it's like, you know, you, you they're in, they're in a, they're in a fortunate position where they have, and it, it again, no, no, I'm not dissing the other nominees, but when you have possibly Lady Gaga and Rihanna both slated to perform, let's just say that Gaga is going to, and we assume she will. Mm-hmm. How do you slot those into the show to keep people coming back, mm-hmm. to keep them tuning in, holding on? Mm-hmm. Do you open the show with one of like you, like your biggest ammo or whatever, or do you hold them both back mm-hmm. and tease them throughout the evening? I feel like it was a big impact having Beyonce open like that, but it was also um, pre-taped, and it was also really like a visually stunning spectacle type thing. And and it was since it was separate from the actual Oscars venue, it was perform or yeah, it was taped at the tennis courts where Serena and Venus grew up playing in right. Compton. That I feel like made sense to open because it was almost like opening with like a music video or right. something. Um, so who's to say like we don't know what Gaga or Rihanna have planned and whether it would work as a show opener like that did so well. I mean, didn't it, Justin Timberlake open the show with "Can't Stop the Feeling" too? He did. Yeah. So I mean, they they definitely a do medley. know how to use a pop star like that. Right. Um, also, I don't think Rihanna have ever performed Lift Me Up live. I, I think you're correct. We we wondered whether she would play Lift Me Up during the Super Bowl or even nod to it in some medley format or whatever. She sure didn't. Who do we think? Who do you think is going to win Best Original Song? Uh, I actually like, I feel like I just talked myself into the David Byrne idea. Mm. Just because David Byrne. Another old white man winning the Oscar. <laughs> Oscar's he, so Byrne. <laughs> Yeah, is it because my main name is the same as David Burns? Maybe. <laughs> um, no, uh, yes, I want Uncle David to win. No, he just, uh, I just think that the respect level for him and that film could definitely come together. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Katie, which of the following artists has not charted a Hot 100 hit with Ariana Grande? Oh, okay. Your choices are John Legend, Lil Baby, Lil Wayne, and Mika. John Legend, Lil Baby, Lil Wayne, Mika, did I miss somebody? No, those are the four. Four, okay. One one of those four did not have a Hot 100 hit with Ariana Grande. (sighs) I think I can 
picture what the Mika and John Legend ones are, so I'm going for one of the Lils. I'm going to go with Lil Wayne. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, no. It was a little baby? It was a little baby. Oh. So uh, she charted. Wait, I can tell you. the. I think I can tell you the John Legend and Mika ones. John Legend was the Beauty and the Beast remake, right? That's correct. It was and number then, 87 in 2017. Mika and Ari did a version of Popular from Wicked, which is very full circle because she's about to do that exact number as Glinda the Good Witch in called, the movies. It was billed as Popular Song. It went to number 87 also 87 in Oh, wow, that's bizarre. Okay, so what's the Lil Wayne song? Lil Wayne song is Let Me Love You, Ariana Grande featuring Lil Wayne. It went to number 99. So it was an album cut Apparently. that when the album debuted, it yeah. hit the chart. Okay. Well, you know, actually, it's kind of hard to tell because I don't think it was an album cut because it debuted kind of randomly on its own hmm. on in the middle of 2016, not concurrent with any other Let rash of you. songs. Uh-huh. Featuring Lil Wayne. Yeah. From 2016. There you yeah. go. What's it from? I'm, that's what I'm looking at right now. Oh, we have got a Wikipedia page. From her third studio album, Dangerous Woman. Hmm. Yep. Well, I don't know. There it's, you go. It's uh, not a single, according to Wikipedia, but you know. But yeah, it no. did have a music video. Oh. So maybe that's when it debuted. Not a it, single, but it had a video. Yeah. It was just maybe it was just a focus on the track. It's a focus. <laughs> meanwhile, focus is the actual single meanwhile, from Dangerous Woman. Meanwhile, no, <laughs> focus wasn't even on that album. Oh, it's from a different album. No, it didn't even. It wasn't even put oh. onto an album. Remember that was the first single, and then they decided not to put it onto the album. Focus. Check. Focus on it. <laughs> is that Jamie Foxx, right? Was, I don't know. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was Jamie Foxx singing Focus. But it, I'm pretty sure Focus was not put <laughs> on to we'll double check me. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking. Focus. Well, it says album Dangerous Woman, but maybe it was just that timeline. From the album. Oh, Dangerous Woman. Japanese edition. Oh, there you go. It wasn't on the American there album. There you go. But yeah, Focus came out in late 2015, and then it was a top 10 hit. But it had a very short run on the Hot 100, relatively speaking, compared to most Ariana tracks. Only spent 13 weeks on the chart. And then this, the title track, Dangerous Woman, came out. That went top 10 and spent 21 weeks on the chart. And that seemed to be the first proper single in America from the mm. album. So and it was Jamie Foxx. Really? Yeah. Was it a sample I didn't of remember that. Or was it just no, a— No, I, I, well, let's—well, well, since we're learning about focus, <laughs> um, let's see here. Jamie Foxx sings the focus chorus. Okay, it says, wait, is this a, oh, no. I don't know. There's not enough information here. Right. I'm going to have to, I'd have to dive too deep. All right, well, anyway, there's your there's your long rambling chart set of the week <laughs> as we learn more about Ariana Grande's history. <laughs> All right, we've reached the end of our big show. Um, exciting for Katie that she gets to go to the Academy Awards on Sunday. I'll tell you all about it next week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ooh, do you, get, do you have jewels picked out? Not yet. I haven't gotten that far. But you wear jewels. <laughs> I'm still honestly in the in the dress <clears throat> selection process. I have a front runner that I'm like very confident I will wear if I don't find anything else I like better. 
Hmm. So, do we know any stylists that can assist? <laughs> yeah, should I be? I should have gone down to the video studio and yeah. asked for some help. <laughs> can you guys recommend? And they're like, uh, all the stylists are booked this week. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody's like, don't doesn't somebody dress you? I'm like, I'm not gonna be like on the red carpet. I'm literally sitting in the audience. No one wants to dress me. I can tell you that much. I mean, if you're gonna be on camera, maybe there's an no. opportunity to. No. All right, what song? <laughs> what song should we go out on? Probably one of your Ariana favorite Grande Oscar winning. Focus. <laughs> So everyone can hear Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Focus on that. Um, all right, see you guys next time. Bye. Focus on me. Focus on me. Focus on me. Focus on me.